G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. Today we are reviewing the Azerbaijan Grand Prix that was held in Baku. With me is only one person this week, so it's a little bit quieter in the studio. G'day, Andy. How are you? I'm a bit lonely. I feel a bit, you know, Riso's not here. Naked. Yeah, Dave's not here beside me. Racism beside me. It feels weird. It's certainly strange. Setup was a lot easier. It was a lot quicker, too. (laughs) (laughs) At at least we can say the word Azerbaijan. We can. That's maybe why they didn't show up, because we bullied them, because they can't say the word. Actually, I don't know if Dave Dave can say it fine, can't he? Oh, fucked if I know. Reese can't. Reese definitely (laughs) can't, unfortunately. Sorry, mate. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? The big difference between us and Reese is he's heaps smarter than us. Yeah, that's fair. He is an engineer. He is indeed. Look, let's do a quick run through the news. We did a little bit of a scout around and we found not much, but what we did find we think is pretty good. Yeah, so where are we starting? I think we should probably start with the Red Bulls having a sit down after the Monaco Grand Prix. Because this is all because of Jos Verstappen having a bit of a blow up. Having a bit of an Alex Jones moment. He's just... Imagine being a world champion... A young, good-looking fella like that, and everywhere you go, just knowing how embarrassing your dad is. And the fact that no matter where you go, he's somewhere online saying something stupid. Yep. And he said <laughs> some pretty stupid shit recently. So he came out after Monaco and essentially went, why didn't Checo let Max win? Well, I can give you a very simple answer to that. There was a red car between them. Yeah. But that's the gist of what his argument was, essentially, is that you are not preferencing Max whatsoever. He's the best driver in the world. You should have swapped them. But Carlos was sitting between both cars. Yeah, like there was no at no point was there a moment where they could have safely swapped positions. And nor should they have had to. No. Either. Like it's this early in the season. It's about the team at the moment rather than the individual driver. It's building a buffer for the drivers. Ah, oh, the constructors championship. And the only time Red Bull sometimes or has got involved in this year was mainly because it was a strategy decision based off both drivers' unique and individual strategies. Exactly. Like, it was clear Checo wasn't going to maintain the lead. He had to come pit. So it was easier for Checo just to pull to the side, let Max through easy so Max doesn't fuck his tyres. Yeah, and Max is going to go through anyway. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a Red Bull 1-2 in Spain as it was last night. Exactly. So what... The fallout from Yost mouthing off online was essentially Dita or Helmet. It was Helmet, Marco, Christian Horner, Max and Sergio just had a sit down. They had a chat to, cl- to sort of like smooth the air and make sure that both drivers are on the same page, which they were from the get-go. You know what I mean? Like, Of course. both. Well, Max, we're seeing a far more mature Max this year than we ever have in the sport. Yep. He's just operating on a different level Got the monkey off his back with regards to that world championship. The I thought you meant spot. his dad was gone. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. And Checo has always been Mr. Quiet. Like, he's never really made much noise. Even when in that famous press conference a few years ago when another driver was like, what do you mean I can't cut the corner? Checo did it early and they cut to Checo. And Checo's just sitting there with his like, mouth open being like, like what? what the fuck, bro? <laughs> What did I do? <laughs> uh, it just gives me these weird images because you know how every now and then parents get called into the principal's office to sort their children out? Now yep. the children are getting called in 
to the teacher's office to sort the parents out who are boxing on in the car park. Well, it's really just one parent. Checo's dad doesn't give a shit. I I know this is supposed to be Formula 1, but you know how in the NRL at the end of the year they have a bunch of fights between different NRL players to sort out some stuff? Yep. That's, that's becoming a thing now. I'm just saying Mexico GP, Checo's dad. Versus Yoss. Yoss. <laughs> boxing match. Yeah. Cage match. Yoss is a psycho, though. He'll probably kill him. True. <laughs> Checo's dad's a bit older for that. <laughs> I don't want to see Checo's dad get hurt. He's he's precious. He is. He's too good for the sport. Also, what a good role model for Yoss to have in the paddock <laughs> is Checo's dad. <laughs> Not mouthing off whenever anything happens. And just being so stoked. I like, know. This, Checo's dad's second favorite person on the planet is Max. Yeah, he loves Max to death. <laughs> Maybe he should adopt Max. That'd make life a hell of a lot easier for him. Yep. the The result, though, from this sit down discussion was pretty clear. Yeah, no, it, we're all good. It's your dad who needs to shut <laughs> the fuck up. <laughs> and we're sorry, but like, we can't. Like Max is, uh, we don't really know what was said, but I can envision Max being in there, being like, "Look, guys, I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> I have." tried so hard. I mean, it's a simple solution for Red Bull. Just ban Yoss from being there. <laughs> Just don't let him in your... Like, don't let him in the fucking paddock in the Red Bull area. I... Look, yes, that will that will solve a problem. But yeah, well, he won't we're have essentially media. talking about a very aggressive dog on a lead versus a very aggressive dog off a lead. If you ban him from the paddock, he will be on InfoWars every single night. Mate, those ratings would go through the roof. <laughs> but he would. Like, I guess... You imagine Formula One Wars is just Jos Verstappen screaming That's... that the frogs are turning Max gay. <laughs> <laughs> and by that we mean Pierre and Ocon. Exactly. Uh, it just... And I think that's probably why they still keep him around because they're like, look, while we've got him nearby, we can sort of sit with him and talk to him. But if we cut this madman loose, because he is insane. Oh, definitely. Like, Helmet's also insane. That rock is still embedded in his brain from that horrific accident. But that's, I guess that's the big story with Red Bull. The driver sat down with the, the people who matter and everyone went, yeah, we're cool. We just want to race. And they yeah. went, all right, well, don't worry about that then. Yeah, they're, they're in it for the team and that's good for Red Bull. It's the first time in years we've seen them have like a unified front. I know. Like both are racing for the championship, both have equal standings until one becomes the clear winner. And I mean, probability it will most likely be Max because he is faster. Yeah, but like if Checo has a chance, I'm all for Checo having a chance. Oh, it'd be amazing to see. Has there been a Mexican F one champion before? Don't think so. Well, they've only Mexicans have only ever won like two races. Jago's won the most, so probably not. Yeah. It'd be an insane season if they're like, look, he only won one race, but he is world champion. That would be an insane right? The other piece of news is all about porpoising. I think we need to do a bit of a chat about porpoising because something interesting happened last week. Uh, Mercedes went to the FIA and said, hey, I know we complain a lot, but this is actually putting the physical health of our drivers at risk. We need you to all have a look at this. The FIA went, well, let's get everybody involved. So all the drivers and the team principals and a bunch of other smart people all went to the FIA and 19 people from the drivers went, yeah, we should probably fix this. One man. 
Well, no, they said they said that yeah, it's a problem. They didn't say we should fix this. They just admitted yeah, it's a problem. Okay, one man went. I have no problems. You're all a bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I mean, it's obvious who it was. It was Fernando Alonso, <laughs> <laughs> the greatest shit stirrer in FIA history. Oh, that's the whole reason he came back. It's got to be because he just doesn't consistently. Even in the race, at one point it was like. Yeah, man, there's a bunch of cars behind Alonzo, and I was like, oh, he's fucking doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's, he's just, just a train driver. He doesn't give a fuck. He's just on a, another level. Like, I remember last year, everyone's like, oh, it's like happy Fernando back. And we all thought he was happy, but that wasn't a happy smile. That was a mischievous smile. Like, El Plan is him taking down F1 from the inside. <laughs> That's a good way to describe it. That's what L plan is. It's not a plan to win the race. It's a plan to end the sport. There will be no more sport when Fernando retires if he can keep doing what he's doing. Well, speaking of Fernando, he uh, broke Michael Schumacher's record this week. Yeah, for longest. Longest stint in an F1 car since your debut. Is that including his break or have they just... Well, they included Michael's in his. I think it's between your first start and your last start. I don't want to take away from what is clearly a phenomenal record, but like that means if Paul DeResta comes back for one race, he'll be sitting in third. I know. If Brundle comes back for one race, he'll be first. Yeah. Awesome record for Fernando because he is a legend of the sport. I never was watching it back 05, 06 when he was in it, but every photo you see of him is like that man was born to look like a representative of the 90s. Yep. Is his speed dealers on? Shit haircut. Grid girls at all times. Of course. Would dance on his car, but he can't dance either. <laughs> he's a weird he's a weird man. And he's also a legend. He's incredibly quick. He's very funny. You know what? Take all of Max and Checo's points and put them on Fernando's name right now. Let's have Fernando win again. Give us a third world championship for Fernando. It, it, there, there's only a couple of people you say genuinely deserve world championship, and I can think of two currently in my mind who deserve it's another world championship: Kimi and Fernando. Well, Kimi didn't really enjoy his. He was just like, "Yeah, I want sick next." I think that's why he deserves another one. We will keep giving him them motherfuckers until he starts to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's never. He never enjoys anything except fucking with the media. I and that's why. A lot of people who are Stroll supporters always come out and they go like, oh, well, Kimmy was rude to the media. It's like, yeah, but Kimmy was funny and interesting. <laughs> That's it, the big difference between Stroll and Kimmy. Stroll just sucks. And also he sucks. And Kimmy didn't. Yeah. He wasn't that good at rally. No. But, but you know what? I guarantee you Stroll's not that good at rally. Out of all the F1 drivers, he's spent the most time not on tarmac this year. Oh, I'd say it's Carlos, actually. He's just taken after his dad. <laughs> if he hits another couple gravel traps, he's done half a Dakar in gravel in F1. And that's a record, too. That is a record. But the the fallout from this meeting is... A, <laughs> I don't think OneDrive is going to stop the FIA looking at this. But I do want to have a bit more of a serious chat about, holy crap, this is actually starting to have a physical effect on the drivers, well, and we really saw it this weekend. Yeah, Lewis had to be helped out of the car. Daniel was holding his back when he got out. Like Lewis was walking around all weekend holding his back as well, like hunched a little yeah. bit. It's, it's, George has said he's been shaken up 
heaps. K-Mag's been complaining about his neck, but that's also a race fitness thing more than a porpoising issue. Well, he was complaining about his back this weekend too. Oh, was he? Yeah, there was a lot complaining about their back. I guess the nature of street circuits as well and how many we've done recently. Like We've just come from Monaco, which, which is rough boat. as guts. Yep, and then we've gone to Azerbaijan, which was rough as guts. And next weekend, we go to Canada, which is rough as guts was bouncing as well. Because Azerbaijan, if I remember correctly, 2019 or 20 was where they didn't secure a drain cover properly. Yep. George hit it so hard, it set his fire extinguisher off and burned him on the ass a little yep. bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did we ever find out? I know this, this is so off topic, but it just popped in my head of like cold stuff getting sprayed on you. Hamilton on the radio towards yeah, the end of the race. Yeah, true. He came on and says, like, my seat's gone cold, which I instantly went, well, either his fire extinguisher's gone off or his spine has severed. Oh, I thought he pissed himself. That would be warm. You never know. <laughs> Compared to the rest of the car, it might be cold. You know what? Actually, you're sitting in, like, a 50-degree thing. Coming out at, like, 37 would probably feel lovely. Exactly. <laughs> and everyone was wearing the ice vest. They all look like Coke mules. <laughs> Max looked like Checo was about to send him over the border. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. If we could have screen capped that a little bit quicker, we would have made jokes out of it, but we missed it. Unfortunately. We were making lots of jokes last night. It was... Oh, and a massive thank you for all the people who interacted with us on Twitter last night. It was a great time. What do you think we can reasonably see coming from the FIA in regards to porpoising? Suck it up, pussies. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if that's your reasonable answer, <laughs> I'm very afraid to see what your ideal solution is. But no, 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 the ideal solution is is like it's they can manufacture this out of the car. It was all over last night. As uh, Paul DeResta was saying that um, he says words in English that use none of the original letters that are in that word. I know, right? And it still makes sense. But like seriously, he was talking about it how it's a it's a mechanical thing, so that can be engineered out of the car. So obviously, if you really, really want to protect the driver's backs, it's very simple: raise the ride height and decrease your performance a little bit. Mercedes can afford to lose a little bit of performance; they're not still not catching the Red Bulls and Ferraris. I think we're all in agreement with that. Yes, but you can lose a little bit of performance and still comfortably come where you are, especially because George, no matter what will be in the top five. He can drop to 15th. He's stuck behind Pierre Gasly and an AlphaTauri and still come in the top five. Yeah, he's incredible. It's insane. Because, And I guess that's the other talking point that I think it was, I think it was actually Paul DeResta who has been pretty damn good in commentary. Except in the practices, he's a bit of a, I don't think he understands sarcasm very well. No, he doesn't. Because every time Natalie Pinkman or one of the other ladies who I've forgotten their bloody names now, will make a joke to him. He's like, well, I don't see that way. So anyway, more about the mediums. Like, every single time, he's just like, yeah, well, he's very contrarian in practices, but in commentary, his knowledge is actually really good. Ant Davidson's also fantastic. And Karun on the sky pad is where he needs to be at all times. I agree. He was getting so hyped at some of the replays. He started squeaking yesterday. I did hear that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also, do you think it's good that they chose to have Paul DeResta as the color commentator this week when everyone started on the mediums? Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. It was great because he can't he can't say the word. He can barely, barely. You understand what he means, but he doesn't say it. 
He, he says mediums like Reese says Azerbaijan. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he brought up the fact, though, that and it was specifically towards the Mercedes more than any other team. He's like, listen to it, though. That actually sounds like the car is smacking off the ground, like the mm. skid plate is impacting at a severe rate. So when they say, when you're like, oh, mechanic your way out of it, I think Mercedes has the easiest fix with some of their porpoising issues, which is it's not porpoising. Your car's literally banging on the ground. Yes, porpoising is causing that, but your refusal to lift your car a little sacrifice bit. performance is, is causing that. For some of the other teams, though, it doesn't seem like they're having as big as an impact, mainly just porpoising. But they're also the ones who aren't going to the FIA. No, it's just it's just been Mercedes, hasn't it? That's gone. Pretty much. And I don't know if that's that I don't know if that's because that's just what they're used to doing and always going to the FIA over everything. Michael, I have an email. I miss Michael because he made boring races interesting last year. <laughs> At least when he came on, like his calm demeanor oh. when he's getting yelled at by everyone. The, I second. still think the best one was the Alpine engineer last year. So he's like, oh, so you can leave the track and get an advantage. Is that what you're saying? He's like, that's not what I said. He's like, yeah, well, that's what I think you said. So we're going to do it. He's like, don't do it. <laughs> well, no, his comment was, well, that's what Raikkonen's just done. So we're going to do it too. <laughs> and then the week later, Fernando on the outlet was just like, I'm just going to skip this corner. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Russia turn too. There is no one fixed solution. No, there's not. With these ground effect cars, like this is going to be an issue, especially on these street circuits, which you are hell bent on keeping on the track, on the calendar. Maybe, and maybe that is the most realistic, actual way for the FIA to look at addressing this issue. Because I don't want to see an abandonment of these regulations because the racing is better. Oh, it's a thousand times better than last year. We're seeing every team be able to get something. Most weekends. Yep. And even in boring races, Monaco and this one, which wasn't a belter of a race compared to what we normally get, was still better racing than we've had the other years. The reason Baku's normally so exciting is because people smash and then the the paddock is closed up. Exactly. That really didn't happen a huge amount in this race. We didn't even get a single safety car. No, we had we BSCs. Had, we didn't have a single safety car, though. We only had, what, one or two? Two, v, two BSCs. One right at the start for Carlos and one right at the end for... For K-Mag. Yeah. Oh, K-Mag was like two-thirds of the way through, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but that was when it was. Yeah. Maybe the most realistic outlook that the FI can take is go, well, we're going to keep four street circuits and have them separated by a month and really redevelop and put more effort into going back to track circuits. I would very much appreciate that. But. And I can already tell you, Reese is not here, but he's in agreement with me because he started to like the the normal tracks as well. Oh, they're, I mean, they're specifically designed to make good racing unless it's a Tilkdrome. Yeah, exactly. So fuck off Tilkdromes and just give us proper proper circuits. However. You want to see Monaco style racing on a on a actual circuit? Take it to Bathurst. It would be incredible, even if they just did it once to be like, you know what? We're just gonna see what happens, and then you'll see Stroll and Latifi roll down the hill. Oh, the 
Bathurst is just like one of the best tracks that has ever been made. And for anyone who's listening overseas and has no idea what we're talking about, please hop onto any single racing game you have, find Bathurst on there and drive around it. You will see what we're talking about. Or even still go on YouTube and just look up some highlights from the Bathurst 1000 in Australia. The great race. Oh, it's insane. Best Get rate. rid of the Melbourne Cup and do two Bathursts. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be okay <laughs> with that. I can't stand horse racing. I know you can't. I don't give a shit, but I'd much prefer two Bathursts over... <laughs> give us a public <laughs> holiday on Bathurst Day. Why not? Actually, when my brother was being born from my mum, clearly, as soon as the birth was done, she's like, excellent, is he okay? And they went, yeah, he's fine. Look, he's a little bit ugly, but he's fine. She, they were like, well, what do you want? She's like, bring me a TV. Bathurst is on. They were like, are you serious? And she was like, bring me the fucking TV or I will get up and get it myself. And she literally had a TV wheeled in to watch Bathurst straight after giving birth to my brother. When when we see, though, when we see all the drivers sort of actually looking like they're injured from this, though, we're going to have to see the FIA address it eventually in some form or way. I feel like it'll just be a, a certain ride height you have to ride the car at. I mean, that would fix a portion of it, certainly. It, it would fix the portion of Mercedes back hitting the ground, and also it would limit every other team. Like, if you have to run at a minimum ride height to safely drive, sure, you're going to lose performance on a lot of the cars at the top end, but still, like... If it's equal, it's equal. It's equal. Like, it's still going to be the same thing. Max is still going to be 40 seconds ahead of everyone. And Charles Ferraris are still going to blow up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, Dave, you're not here, but seriously, man, any team you support, you put a curse on because he's been a Mercedes fan for years and he's decided to really support Mercedes this year and they've been nowhere. So he switched to Ferrari and ever since he switched to the Ferrari, I don't think they've finished a race. And he threatened to switch to Max last night. Yeah, so that's why he's not here. We banned him for the night. Yeah. So he can't say it on air and curse us. Do you have any more news? Or is that, that's pretty much it? No, uh, the only other news I have relates to Ferrari's race, which we'll get to later. Yeah. I did I did find it interesting though. And, and we should talk about it because it is a big, it's a cultural clash more than anything else is how anti-swearing Formula One is compared to their drivers. Because where it was in the press conference, they had the yeah, please so do not swear sign up. Yep. And then last night when they asked Max in the the post race thing, I was like, What do you think of Charles's pain from today? And he's like, Shit happens, like, can you watch your language? He's like, shit's not really a swear. Which I agree with. Shit's nothing. No. I can think of a lot but worse words to say. In fact, most of your editing <laughs> is cutting out a saying. Very not good words sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Especially me cutting my own. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who missed it last week, I had to cut something but wanted to keep it in, so Jack forced <laughs> me to censor it. <laughs> we have to because this goes out online. I know, but still, I liked what I said. It look, you're It's in- natural in Australia to say that word. And that's why I want to talk about this. Because you've got Max, who clearly swears heaps, and I don't know if that's a Dutch thing or if that's just a Max thing. No, I think Max is secretly Australian. He's got, he's very Australian in his vibe in a lot of things he, really he does. He really is. He just, he couldn't care less, but if he does care, he is enraged, but then he's over it in two seconds as well. Exactly. And like, Danny, who swears all the time, and he's been in trouble for it before, well, Kimmy. Th- we'll just remember the the start of 
Drive to Survive Season 2, the Renault episode. Netflix are a bunch of... Yeah. I won't say it, but he said he said the naughty word. He did. Danny and I agree with him. So Danny swears heaps. Kimmy used to swear heaps. Mm-hmm. Lewis doesn't. Lewis is pro. I think all the British guys are proper in that regard. Not in their nature to say the word shit and fuck. They do have cuss words, but they're not traditionally it, seen as swearing. It, it's it's so rare to hear them say it. Even Russell, when Max allegedly swerved out in front of him, was like, oh, the gentleman's driving a little bit erratically on the yeah. road where everyone else is like, this motherfucker cut me off and I'm going to kill him. <laughs> it, was, it was like the nicest investigate, please. I say it's the nicest. It had very similar like, well, my dad's a lawyer vibes, the way yeah. you said it. Christian doesn't swear, but he's British. Toto swears all the time. Every time they cut to him in the in the paddock with his headphones on, he's never not screaming fuck when he's breaking a set of headphones. Both must love him for that. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe they haven't used him in an advertisement to be like, buy our new triple strength headphones. Not even Toto can break these. But the reason they haven't yet is because Toto can break them. Yep. K-Mag swears all the time. He told Watts his mate to suck his balls one time. That was great. Him and Nico do not like each other. Nico doesn't like... Nico Hulkenberg and K-Mag. They don't like each other. That's that's where the whole suck my balls mate came from. Yeah, it's because one of them punted the other one over a fence. Yeah, but they genuinely apparently don't like each other. A lot of Europeans don't like Germans. <laughs> Speaking of Germans, I actually have more news. i got another news article. What do you got? So... You let the drivers swear. That's yeah, what I that, take away from it. That, our takeaway is just let them be themselves. Yep. Shut the fuck up. Let them swear. It's anyway. heaps better. On to German news. Who's our favorite commentator when he's on? Nico. So do you know why he actually has to call it from his house? Not really. I assumed it was just because he doesn't like wearing shoes and he likes staying in Monaco. No, it's apparently because he's an anti-vaxxer. And he is not vaccinated against the coronavirus. So he's been temporarily banned from the F1 paddock. I wish Joss was an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's why Nico's been calling it from his house. And at Monaco, he wasn't even in the paddock. They were, he was off-site somewhere in Monaco getting filmed talking about the race. Because Sky Sports wanted him there, but he couldn't enter the paddock. I can't believe we're still still having these discussions about people not wanting to get vaccinated. It's affected basketball. It's uh, Now it's affected F1, sort of. So Nico's come out and said, I recovered well from the corona disease and therefore have strong antibodies. And that's his excuse for not getting the vaccine. I don't know how many times we have to, as a human race, go like, just because you're good at one thing doesn't mean you can comment on everything. I know. I still like him in commentary. I do as well, but mate, just, just go fuck. get a needle, you puss. Exactly, like fucking hell. I did it. You've done it. Most of the people I know have done it. I know one person who hasn't. We're living in a time where it's just it's a simple jab. What is it? Six months immune for, or something like that. It's like, yeah, you know what? Here's where we need to take our medicine. We're not qualified, but what we do know is that it works. Yeah. So go and get vaccinated if you haven't. I haven't got corona yet. Me neither. 
We but don't go anywhere. <laughs> no, I've been exposed to it and still haven't caught it. Actually, so have I. We, I mean, we've lived with people in the house with it. Exactly. Like, don't anyway. get your fucking jab if you haven't. Yeah. Come on, Nico. Take one for the team, for fuck's sake. Everyone else has. Yeah, yeah, literally everyone. Literally everyone else in F1 Here's has. Here's the thing. All the people you're not allowed to see have. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how many people have. <laughs> Welcome to our coronavirus vaccine podcast. He's going to get tagged on Spotify. It's like research proper sources before listening to these guys. This episode's had everything. I know. We should probably do a little bit of a chat about qualifying. Fair enough. And let's start with the best bit of qualifying, which it's got to be a record. Seriously. Crashing twice on the same lap. <laughs> no, no, no. He crashed. The first time was when he was coming into the, like coming out of the castle section, going onto the main straight. Then he got around the first corner fine. And then he got to the second corner of this lap while pushing and put it square in the wall. And we're talking about Stroll. Oh, as, if that's ob- <laughs> as if it wasn't obvious. But he gently just, he's kind of just kissed the wall. Yep. And ruined everyone's lap. Ruined everybody's lap. He's put it in reverse. Gone back through. Didn't go into the pits. They were like, look, car's probably fine. And you've broken every wing we've ever made. And there's not enough time to get you to put a new wing on and get you around for a push lap. You've just got to go. So he's like, I'll go for it. And crashes again. On turn two. Which severely affected, it affected the Williams, didn't it? Uh, Both Williams, both. Haas. And VB? No, VB got out. Um, There was another car that I can't remember off the top of my head. Whoever came 16th? Stroll. No, I mean like in the fucking qualifying. No, you know what? It fucked himself. He was the other one in the bottom five. Yeah, because he crashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, who the fuck's the other one in the bottom five? Oh, it was that fucking idiot who crashed. That's the big takeaway from qualifying, which well, is the spectacular... What do you mean spectacular? Warm-up warm crash and then followed by a push crash, which we don't often see. Exactly. And fucking the other thing, too, is it caused a red flag to clean up his fucking mess, which then caused pandemonium on the final push lap for everyone because you had the two Mercedes coming out in front and they were clearly just there to hold everyone up. <laughs> <laughs> then you had Fernando, who's goddamn king of holding people up. Best, at, best I've ever seen at getting in the way of people. And the poor, the poor well, saps in McLaren. La- yeah, the McLarens, the Williams, the Haas—they're all stuck in traffic trying to do a push lap, so they were no, no, no chance of getting out of Q one. Yeah, and everybody made it past the the checkered flag in time to do a push lap, but they were so bunched up, there was just no room to and do then a push lap. Fernando, being sneaky, Fernando was like, "Well, I'm not going much faster." So I'm just going to put it in the runoff and then no one's allowed to go quicker <laughs> than me anyway. So that was the big compromise on the push lap is Fernando's put it in into the runoff. Albon's come on and has been like, I've been stuck behind him for two laps. He's been driving so he did it on purpose. That wasn't a mistake. He called him out on it straight away on the radio. He's like, he did that on purpose. 
it's kind of funny that I would have done that, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that, that is such a shit stirrer move, as if you didn't expect that. If you'd have been driving behind and it said Alpine, you knew that was Fino. You're like, I'm not <laughs> oh, getting yeah. my lap in. <laughs> yeah, just this like, lap's fucked. Yeah, like, why did I even bother coming out? Like, exactly. As <laughs> if any and I got out. I think next time for qualifying, what we're going to see is when they're like, okay, qualifying will resume in 15 minutes. Someone's going to go and like put something in the way of Fernando's car, get every <laughs> other car out, then let Fernando come out and be like, you can go last, yeah. you psycho. <laughs> no, fuck that. I want him just to pull out straight away. He's the first car in the queue. Yeah, he's like, don't worry about warming up the tyres, boys. I've got an idea. <laughs> 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 but that was really it for qualifying. Like, there was no real curveballs thrown our way. It was what we sort of expected. What surprised me, I guess a little bit, was Charles got pole. That didn't surprise me. No, it surprised me a little bit because the Red Bulls were quicker on the straight. But Charles is just in this weird zone where over one lap, he's better than anybody else at the moment. Over one lap. And also, setup-wise, Red Bull's come out more than once and has told everybody that, hey, the reason why Max isn't qualifying first every week is we have a better race car. And we're yeah. setting it up in qualifying to be the better race car. And it's clearly paying off their strategy of being like, well, it doesn't matter if he's fourth. Hmm. The, the car's quicker anyway. Max is one of the best races we've ever seen when it comes to his ability to get past people. Who cares, mate, if you come... As long as you're in the top two rows, you'll get him in the first few laps. Exactly. And that's basically what Max has been and doing. And our pit crew knows what they're doing too, so... <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. There was, a bit, there was a bit of a slow one last night. Not as slow as the Ferraris before they blew up. No, I think that was just the one of the buttons not getting hit. Yeah, and it was the if anything, it was the Jackman at the back being safe, in a way because he didn't release when it, he didn't have the green light, so he didn't release. And also, five second pit stop is a lot better than a ten second stop go, which is what happens if you get an unsafe release. I thought you were referring to something else, but we'll get to that later. We will definitely get to that later. Well, I have. Oh, God. <laughs> Someone's getting ripped to shreds. And it's not even his fault. Yeah. Checo, again, looked brilliant. He's yep. particularly good at qualifying as well. He In the last two races, he's been about a tenth quicker than Max in the, the one lap thing. Now, do you think that's because he is just... Because, you know, there's multiple facets to this sport of ability. Do you think that that's because he is a better one-lap driver like Charles is? Or slight differences in the setup, which means his car's just got a little bit more pace and clean air than Max's does, which is clearly set up for dogfighting more than anything else. I think it's more that Max was having issues with balance throughout the whole weekend. Yep. And Max just even said, like, yeah, P3 is not great, but, I mean, it'll be all right tomorrow. Like, you watch, it'll be all right tomorrow. And I was. Like, his car's quick. He got the balance right eventually. Maybe it was just he needed a few more laps in it. Who knows? But, like, he figured it out, and Checo really wasn't... Well, I mean, I say he wasn't on the pace, but he came fucking second, Crofty. This is his fault. This is Crofty putting this doubt in my mind last night. Crofty was not the people's champion this weekend in commentary. No, he wasn't. He's a fucking idiot. But he wasn't as ba- He wasn't bad last night compared to some... I mean, he was calling out Checo for being in seconds. Oh, he's a bit off the pace from his young teammate. It's like he's comfortably in second. By the exact same margin, Max is comfortable over him. Yep. Like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, and also, it's like, 
why isn't he racing closer? So his tyres last longer. Exactly. Like, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Shall we move on to the race? Yeah, let's do it. We're going to start with the Mercedes power units this weekend. Something a little bit I'm more familiar with. We'll start with Mercedes. Yep. And we'll start with we'll start with the big boys. We'll start with the Mercedes main team. Mercedes AMG F1. So Russell and Hamilton came third and fourth. Yep. Which they're the car that is clearly experiencing the most porpoising issues. It's busting their drivers up really, really bad. They're slower than a lot of other teams. They were one of the slowest through the speed trap. And they still, they are still getting good performances. I think it just comes down to the philosophy of the Mercedes car. Like It's clearly a good car. They just... There's just a little bit of nuancing. The porpoising, obviously the back's hitting the ground like we've already spoke about. That's deterring from the speed that the Mercedes can actually pull. You know what I mean? Like, if you're hitting the ground every time and you're losing speed... Losing a couple of thousand to every bounce and you're yeah, having 40 bounces a straight. Yeah, that's that's going to affect your, port, like your performance over what Red Bull's doing, which is not bouncing at all. Barely. Because they're clearly the better car. This year, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. I'm just trying to put more shade on Dave's favourite team. <laughs> <laughs> Russell is clearly the better driver here. This year. I I think it's just it just comes down to the fact that Russell has been driving nothing but shit boxes for, for so years, long. Yeah. This Mercedes isn't great. It's not it's not like a W twelve or a W eleven, you know what I mean? Yep. It's it's shit. Compare comparatively, I want to point out it's very it's comparatively to their last few cars because their last few cars have been beasts. some of the best race cars that have ever been designed. They exactly. were flawless. They, 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 you couldn't put a like anything wrong in it. The only issue you can have is James telling Valtteri to get out of the way. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with the car. That's more internal politics. Exactly. So when it comes down to it this year, like Russell seems to be used to driving shittier cars where Hamilton's used to driving God's gift to Formula One. Yep. Hamilton, though, still doing incredible things. I'm a little bit excited when he got stuck behind Pierre Gasly for a bit, but he's just gone, you know what, I'm not doing this again. Get (laughs) out of my way, boy. And just pushed him out of the way. Have we ever seen Russell actually race anybody more than just once this year? Every time I seem to be getting images of Russell... He's in the top five. And he's on his own. 10 seconds in front of him and 15 seconds behind him. He's very good at just driving on his own. And that's, I guess, my only worry for Russell is, is because he's probably had the least experience of racing other drivers. His whole career in Williams, all he had to do every now and then was overtake Kibitza or Latifi. Which isn't that hard unless Latifi's turning in on you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) There's... Just he's just by himself. So I guess my only concern for him is when Mercedes do catch up, will he have that experience of wheel to wheel racing? I mean, the, the look at Spain. I think that's yeah. I mean, my gut's telling me yeah he'll be absolutely fine with it. It's more coincidence than anything else. Yeah, that's all I think it is. I think in Spain we've seen what Russell can do when he held off Max quite brilliantly actually yes i'll get i'll give him that i don't like giving russell much but i'll give him that um oh yeah we can't knock his driving we really can't he's he's a fantastic driver he's in that seat for a reason 
and Toto said from day one that this kid will be the future of our team. We know what we're doing. They snagged him. They brought him up into F1 from F2 after he won, hmm. put him in Williams and went, you'll be in Mercedes. Just do your job. Yeah, and that's exactly what a certain blue team should be doing for their youngster that they have that also won F2. And hopefully we'll be doing that in the next few weeks. I hope so. We'll I can't th- wait to see Piastri on track for the first time. I well, well, when we talk about Williams, I'll talk about what I think is going to happen. Perfect. Anything else on Mercedes apart from they seem to be struggling the most, but in classic Mercedes fashion, they're overperforming. I mean, yes, they got bumped up two places because both Ferraris went out, but a whole part of this sport is, yeah, well, the reason they came third and fourth is because they were just behind them. Yeah, and they're, they're not that far off behind them. Like Like we said, like... If Mercedes really wanted to fix this bouncing issue, they'd raise their ride height just that little bit. They'll lose a bit of performance. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement with that. But Mercedes will also still be well ahead of the mid-pack. Yeah. It definitely goes Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Sunlight, the midfield. Yeah. I think that's clear still. Yeah. And I think it is too. And they're not they're not far off. No, they're not. They're, 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 they've got a lot to go with the, the speed. Maintaining the high speed and shit. But once they get that locked down, that Mercedes is going to be very deadly. But even traditionally, when it comes to their max speed, they've always been slower on the straights than their competitors. Their greatest strength has always been being 10 to 15 Ks quicker in the corners than anybody else. Yep. And, you know, top speed is impressive, but it clearly isn't the be-all and end-all because the Renault, well, not the Renault, the Alpine, which is a Renault engine, is the fastest and most powerful engine on the grid. They're getting some performances. But they're not getting... But they're not in third. No, not yet. Powering their way through everything. That's because Fernando likes to just drive a train. That's because Fernando has a plan. (laughs) He's the Dutch of the sport. He has a plan. Oh, no. You just need to have faith in the plan. Oh, shut up. I just finished that game. Fuck Dutch. (laughs) We need to talk about McLaren. And the reason we need to talk about McLaren is I think in regards to their championship, this was a very positive weekend. They came in... Eighth and ninth. Eighth and ninth this week, which is a double points finish. It's not a huge amount of points, but more importantly, Ricardo beat Norris. Big deal. Des- despite... Despite Norris. Norris throwing every single toy out of the cot he could find... To be let past. Well, I think stint one, Ricardo did the right thing. He let Norris pass because Norris was on the, the quicker strategy at the time. And he was going for an overcut on Russell. No, Alonso. On Alonso. Ah, okay. So it did not work anyway. Either way, it, it didn't, didn't work. Because <laughs> <laughs> Alonso beat both of them. But Danny did kind of go, all right, I guess I'll let him pass. And at that point, my heart sunk. I went, oh, well, this is the end. It is the orange Mercedes now. God, you're the worst. No, that wasn't wasn't what I thought at all. Daniel was on the hard tyre. His plan was always to run long. Norris was on the quicker tyre. It made logical sense in every sense to let Norris pass. Norris is on the quicker tyre. He's got the more grip. If he's if anyone's going to make the pass on Alonso, it's going to be Norris in that situation. It wasn't going to be Danny because both Norris and Alonso were on the mediums. You prove it 
A very good point. I always do. However. I know you like big dick Danny Rick, but you got to think strategy-wise. The biggest thing you're not understanding about all of this is how much I love Daniel Ricciardo compared to <laughs> Norris. It's like... I do too, but like when it happened, I was like, oh, that sucks. But maybe later on in the race when we see, you know, Danny come into the pits, get those nice fresh mediums on, he's going to be quicker. And he technically was. He just wasn't as quick because the car sucks. It's not a Danny car. It's a Norris car. And where do Norris cars come? Ninth. Exactly. <laughs> However, positive so. Positive so. It was nice to hear them kind of go, well, no, he let you pass. You're not actually that much quicker than him. So let's not let's not worry about it. Lando complained a bit more, which then came up with the I think the absolute most complicated team strategy I've ever heard of. Okay. So you're not quicker than Danny, but you are quicker than Alonso, who's in front of Danny. So what we'll do is we'll let you in front of Danny and you get a couple of laps. But if you can't get past Alonso, which no one can get past Alonso, then you have to let Danny back in front. Well, no, no, no. You missed the, the key point of this whole strategy was, okay, Norris, you think you're quicker than Danny. If you can push up, we'll let you by for a few laps. That was the key moment. Norris had to get to the point where he was going to easily get by Danny. And guess what Norris couldn't do? He couldn't push up within a second of Danny to begin with. Not right until the end. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, right at the end, it's like, well, it's too late now. You fucking missed your opportunity. Yeah. It all it almost came across, and like, I can't prove this, but I know that I can prove my dislike for Lando Norris. is very, very simple. He, I don't even know what I was going to say there. I just, I don't like him. And I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> a better a better weekend. I mean, they both would have been probably, or well, one of them would have been out of the points. Norris if, would have been out of the points. If the Ferraris didn't go out. So yep. Danny, Danny would have got a point finish regardless. Yep. I did think that Lando was going to pip him on the last lap. I thought he was too, but... Norris came out and said he could have, but he didn't want to be a rebel, and I can respect that. He played he played good boy in the end. As much as he threw 90% of his toys out of the cot, he kept the one toy to keep him in the good boy. Should have kept dummy and shut up. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but be- better for McLaren. Better. It's still not... It's not their regular fifths and sixths from last year. And I don't think they're going to be doing that anytime soon. I no. really don't. Unfortunately, this car just there's a. Even if they fix what's wrong with the car from a mechanical standpoint, their development's not going to take them up to the top three. No, it's not. Unless they really, really change certain philosophies of what they're doing and pick the right driver to develop the car. Yeah, yeah, and I no, think let's be real. It's, that's what we're saying. Stop relying on Mister Sixth Place Norris and rely on race winner Daniel Ricciardo. Good attitude. Everybody loves him. I know. And at this point, you're pushing Ricardo out. Like, we all know that the release clause in Daniel Ricardo's contract is in Daniel's favor. And if Daniel doesn't meet, if McLaren doesn't meet performances, then he will opt to take it. And I think at this stage, he's taking it at the end of this season. I don't see him staying at this point. Because why would he? 
Like, why would he? This team is not willing to help him. There's, there's two, only two reasons why I think he would stay. One, and the the main one is, is like, well, if I leave and get picked up by another team, I will not. No one will get me better performances than I'm currently getting in this car. However, I also have a counterpoint to my own argument: is look how happy Valtteri is. Yeah. Seriously, that's what I'm I'm talking about. Like, get him in Haas, get him in a Williams, get him hell, kick kick Mr. Unreliable Car out of the goddamn Alfa Romeo and have Valtteri and Danny as your team. That's not fair on Joe, but I would mean, be a great team. After his little dummy spit last night. We'll get to it when we talk about Alfa Romeo. But I don't remember that. Joe had a little bit of a dummy spit on the radio and did a Hamilton silence moment. Was it after his car broke? No, it was after they told him to retire. Yeah, it's after his car broke. I get that. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All in all, I think... I think Ferrari had more of an impact in the positives for McLaren this weekend yep. than anything McLaren's done. Ferrari were definitely the team players this weekend by having all their engines blow up. I've never seen... So many teams work together to bring about a result. Unfortunately, the result they bought about <laughs> was for their opposition. Exactly. Do we want to talk about Williams? Yeah, let's start with the God. Oh. You've really, really grown a distaste for this man. I really have. He's fucking hopeless. I still like him. I don't dislike him. I dislike his driving ability. And I think that... It's not there. Yeah. And the rumour going around, there's, um, it's, been, it's been popping up on more and more news sites that Piastri has already signed. Piastri signed to Williams for next year. And there's a good chance after this weekend in Canada, Latifi is, gets a tap on the shoulder and says, mate, you're done. Your, your, whatever money you're bringing in from Lavasa isn't even worth it. So I've learned two things. One, that Piastri is probably going to Williams. And two, that's how you pronounce what I've always called Lava Arza up until this point. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, to be honest. Lava Arza sounds heaps better than Lava Arza. Yeah. Sounds heaps better. I just make it sound really, Either really way, bogan. I think Latifi is going to have his last race this weekend. So you're, you're strongly sitting on, we're going to see a mid-season switch? I, I think we're going to see a switch after this round that's upcoming this weekend. It. It wouldn't shock me based on where their where their money situation's at. That'd be the big decider there. Is that this man is bleeding too much money, way too much money. Um, and Piastri has a bunch of sponsorships too. He's not a paid driver, but he's a highly sponsored young athlete, and he would- as all of them are. Like, first of all, there's not a single driver who doesn't have personal sponsors. It's part of the deal. Yeah. Like the hat you always see Fernando in Kamoa is a clothing company that has sponsored him from day one. Yep. They give him a shit ton of money. And there's the beer that sponsors Carlos. Yeah. Estrada. Uh, Estrada. U Foods and Danny have a bit of a thing going on at the Optus moment. Optus and Danny have a thing going. Um, What else is there? There's a lot There's a lot of Australian companies in Danny at the moment, to be honest. Why would, why would you mean, go anywhere else? Sense. He's a brilliant, brilliant Well, there's, there's, there is someone else to go to, potentially, from after Canada. Yeah, if you're smart, Telstra will just go with him. I mean, Tel- Telstra is the better 
provider in this country. <laughs> they might have shit customer service, but they are the better. The better. Yeah, they know they are. Getting back to Williams and getting back to Mister Crashes all the time. Like it wasn't his fault, but lap one wasn't even done, and he was already under investigation. He got a little bit of a pushback because he overshot his grid box. No, uh, one of his team touched the car. Yeah, after. and they were pushing him backwards. Oh, is that what yeah, happened? Yeah, yeah. So they touched his car after the 15-second warning, but when they played the footage of his car getting touched, it was a mechanic just giving him a bit of a nudge back and a, and a tap being like, you're good to go, mate. So it was probably only a few centimetres, but he got in trouble for that, and then later on he got in trouble for driving unnecessarily slow. No, he, he wasn't letting cars pass on. Oh, uh, blue, blue flags. flags. It was a blue flag violation. Yep. He got blue flags, but Albon, who ignored 16 blue flags, didn't didn't get a penalty in Monaco. And that might just be the FIA coming down a little bit harsh, being like, look, we let's just get away with it last week. We know you weren't the the offender last week. But you're the but offender this week. And we're, we're getting a little bit harsher on the team. Yeah. So you, you've copped that. Either way, what, what we're getting at here is Latifi sucks as a driver. And I don't know if that's because he's never been that good and he just found something in the wounds last year or he's just not developing or he's never had it and we're just kind of really seeing it now. I think I think it's the, the, the latter there. I think he's never really truly had the, the skill to be in Formula 1. He he's just one of the pay drivers like Nikita, like like Stroll, like Joe. Even like I'm gonna, yeah. I know Joe had a has had a car that sucks and doesn't seem to want to finish a race anymore. But he's still bringing a lot more money than a lot of other drivers, so I would consider him a pay driver. Joe's definitely a pay driver. Yeah, he's probably the best of the all the pay drivers we've seen in years. But he's still not the best. He doesn't hold a torch to a lot of other people. He's also a rookie too. And I, I understand guess that's, that. That's the big thing we're talking about, Latifi, is that it's been the same car for three years now or yeah. two. Uh, 20, same car for the last two years. This, this would be a new car. Yeah, but he's been in the team for three years. I don't see I don't see him saying out this third year. No, he's not leading the team currently. Albon is. Yep. He's not really improving. No. And he's not, not delivering any results. And Williams has such a strong racing pedigree where Valtteri Bottas and Stroll were putting it on the podium five, six years ago. How dare you say nice things about Stroll on this podcast? you got to look at the the facts. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, if we're going to look at the facts, he should have finished second in that race. And yes. he got pipped on the line by our mate Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. Because he's shit. Yes. But with Williams being the team that they are, with the new investment of Doralton, and with where they are on the where they are in the leaderboard and stuff, yeah, they want to, and they have every ability to be better. Yeah, and Formula One is probably one of the most brutal sports in the world when it comes to performance. You are the only person out there driving. Yep. Yes, it is a team sport. They have a massive effect. However, however, you get held responsible, solely responsible for every single performance you do. And he's not putting together any that are making me in a, in a managerial role go, there's a reason to stay here. He's still 21st in a 20-driver championship. 
Not even Nikita Mazepin was that shit. Yeah. You're a good dude, Nick. But it's time to it's time to hang up your helmet and go do something else. I'm sure Weck would really like you in the endurance races. Oh, if you get a drive in Formula One, you'll get to drive anywhere in the world unless you're a Russian. <laughs> yeah, basically. So it's not the end of his motorsport career. It's just the end of his Formula One career. I, I think so, unfortunately. And it sucks because he's not there's there's no negatives we can say about the person of Nicholas Latifi. No, there's not, but there is a lot of negatives we can say about his driving ability in a Formula One car. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. I like to rag on him a lot, call him shit and stuff, but the the fact at the end of the day he is in a Formula One car. He's not great. And we do want to make that clear that there's a difference between critiquing the human and the driver, and we've always been about critiquing him as a driver. Yep. We both quite like him as a person. But we just don't. There's there's not enough there anymore. Albon, though... He's, he's perform- Well, look at look at where Albon's coming. He came 12th this weekend, and Latifi was hindered by the top 10-second stop-go penalty. He was also lapped a lot sooner, and then copped a five-second penalty at the end of the race because of the blue flags. Like, Yeah. And Albon's coming 12th. Yep. Sure. It's only three positions... They're but behind. that's huge in this sport. That's four positions. Uh, so if you think about it, four positions that were out, and Lance Stroll was technically out but declassify, he would have been behind all of those cars. Yep. In real, if we if all twenty cars had finished, Latifi was twentieth. Yeah, and it's just it it with so many good young prospects who are waiting to step into this sport. You're crazy if you don't snaggle up some of the best ones. And it wouldn't shock me if Alpine is going going to release Piastri to go to Williams on a loan. Yeah, well... It wouldn't shock me in the slightest. They don't have any justifiable reason to get rid of any of their contracted drivers currently. No. And if, if this does happen and Piastri has indeed gone to Williams, as has been rumoured, I think that's pretty safe to say that Alonso's staying next year. Alonso's not going anywhere until he wants to. Exactly. I, I can't. And here's the thing. Why do you want to go anywhere else at the moment? He's performing well. Well, I could think of another car he could go sit in and probably do well in. What's that? Well, the next car we're going to talk about. Ah, the McLaren. No, wait. The Green Bulls. Oh, yes. The Aston Martins. The Sebastian Vettels. Yes. Alonso and Sebastian Vettel would be a great team for Aston Martin. That's a lot of world championships. That's six in their team. Yep. So you combine them, you've got a Lewis bag of achievement. Nearly a Lewis bag of achievement. Nearly. He's seven, isn't he? He's seven, yeah. Seven. He's so good, man. Seriously. Seven's insane. Him and Michael, man. There's Freaks. Yep. Freaks. When it comes to Aston Martin, we haven't heard much from Big Daddy Stroll, and that's a good thing. Yeah. We don't hear much from the team as a whole, and I'm okay with that because we've got a lot of teams who are always mouthing off. We've got Mercedes and Red Bull who never shut up. Yep. Otmar's always good for a win. He's always in the media somewhere. It's nice to have a team that's just quiet. What's not nice is when you have one of the best drivers we've ever seen in a car and one of the worst drivers we've ever seen in a car be given a car that doesn't suit either of them properly. Well, no, I I'd, I beg to differ. I think this car that they... This Red Bull spec car they brought is suiting Sebastian really well. It's suiting him better 
It's not perfect, but I think they can get it perfect if they want to work at it. And this will keep Sebastian in the sport like we want. Absolutely. We don't want to see Seb go anywhere. He had a brilliant, absolutely brilliant performance this weekend. Oh, it was unbelievable how great Sebastian was around the streets of Baku. So he came in sixth. Yep. But what we're not mentioning is Sebastian did his signature move. Yeah, good old Spinderella. He good. He did a really good, a fucking sleek spin. Let's be real. That was a sleek straighty one eighty. That one. Well, I don't know if we can say it was a classic spin because he didn't spin off. No, he, he went locked off. up and hit a runoff, and then did a beautiful pirouette and, and back on the track, which caused Yuki to absolutely shit his dax because oh, that looked the onboard from Yuki. Life flash before my eyes. I'm like, this is an accident that's going to happen. Yep. It didn't. Seb just snuck back on and got his places back. Overtook the people he lost positions to. Yuki and Ocon, was it? No, he was or trying was to overtake Ocon long, at the time. Yeah, But he got him again. He got him again and he, he comfortably finished sixth. Huge amount of points for the team. Very, very great. Well, more points than the other driver got. Now, see... Have they come out and said what was wrong with the car? Because I have a suspicion that they went, look, we're not that popular at the moment. We, we've we copied Mercedes before and nobody liked that. We fired Checo and nobody liked that. We have Stroll and nobody likes that. If he crashes and this finishes under a safety car, no one's going to support us. So let's just retire him now. So we don't get any bad press if he causes an accident right towards the Reese end. Reese isn't even here and we've got a conspiracy theory. It's a good one, though. It's not a bad one, though, is I it? I mean, me and you all last night were just like, when are these two going to crash? I think Speaking the, about Latifi and Stroll. I think the best meme that I ever said, because you know how Aston Martin has the hashtag, I am Aston Martin or yep. I am this? I saw someone do, I am in the wall. <laughs> 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 and I thought that was absolutely brilliant. There's nothing really to say about Stroll that we haven't already. Well, honestly, I don't know how much longer he stays. Like, how much longer can Lawrence justify keeping him there? And it's not just Lawrence, too. A lot of the time we, we focus on mainly on Lawrence being the head of this conglomerate, but he's not the sole investor. There no. is a bunch of other people who are also putting in money who have a very, very viable say in what happens in this team. And I think if we're, which is inevitable, they're eventually going to go, well, hold on, we're investing hundreds of millions of dollars over X amount of years, we have one of the best drivers of all time. Doing quite well. Doing about what our car is capable of every single time. I think Seb will find that car's limit every weekend. Some yep. weekends that's points. Some weekends that's not points. But he's always finding the limit of that vehicle. Yeah. And you have Stroll who is... Putting it in the wall. Yeah. Who, who has become a laughing stock of the sport over the last few years. He used to be one of those drivers who every four races, it'd be like, oh my God, he's got points or he's he's done something. He's done something cool. But for the last two years, we haven't seen anything worthwhile that would justify what is essentially dead in the middle of the Paddock's team. Seriously, like, honestly, if he was at any other team where his dad wasn't in control, he would have been fired last year. Yep. He didn't win F2. He got into F1 due to daddy's money. Yeah, buying into Williams at the time. Exactly. Like, it's just... It's really proving the point... Pay drivers suck. That's what yeah. it's proving. And that, that it is. Between him and Latifi, Mazepin as well, we've had a very, very, very bad run of 
underperforming, bad attitude pay drivers. I agree. And that's not what this sport's about. It's meant to be 20 of the best drivers in the world going wheel to wheel, pedal to the floor, like pushing the limits that the average punter like myself and you will never get close to. Exactly. And then you've got this rich, rich son of a bitch who's just like, I'm just going to make dad put $6 billion into this team. I don't care how many cars I destroy. I just want to live this fantasy that I'm a fantastic driver. And do what? I think it's uh, it's a small sort of like near Indonesian country. Very, very rich kingdom. I've forgotten the name. I think it starts with B. They're, it's a royal family and every year they buy a race team, but they only race in lower grades. So a couple of years ago they bought and did a chrome-plated Toyota 86 for one of the princes, which raced as a support category for Australian supercars. We're not saying pay drivers don't have a place. It, they don't have a place in Formula One. Uh, they don't. No, they don't have a place in the pedigree grade of motorsports. Yep. So, in that being said, we don't expect to see pay drivers in NASCAR. We don't expect to see pay drivers in IndyCar, supercars, World Rally, World Rally Championships, Motocross Championships, Extreme E. These these sort of things that are meant the to premier be premier class. Exactly. We don't want to see pay drivers in that, and so. Let's move on to the Red Bulls before you get yourself into trouble. Yeah, that's a good idea. Great weekend for AlphaTauri. Better than expected. I did not expect them to do this well. This is kind of what we expected of them coming into the year. Yes. So Pierre came fifth. Yep. Which so is one it place was no off, place like home. It was one place off his preferred position of sixth, but better. So we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take that. Phenomenal drive by him. Uh, Sonoda came 13th. Yeah, but that's because I had to put some flex tape on his car. I think that might be... I mean, I know we've just said how good of a shit stirrer Fernando Alonso is. That was even better. <laughs> Franz Tost literally on the radio going, get the duct tape, get him back out there. Don't let the FIA As turn the up. FIA dude is, because it's a very proper sport, he can't run in the pit he lane. power walking. He is... Pumping down there to essentially be like, you are disqualified. And you just see the mechanics with the rolls of tape, just getting the tape on. Get it on, get it on, get it on, and get him going again before you get into trouble. Because if he catches us, we're fucked. <laughs> it's the best fix I've ever seen. Oh, it's fantastic. You it just get some flex tape on there, no damage. And it was a lot of damage. It was a lot of damage. So, half, half, so the, the, the cutout that is moved when the DRS opens. Half of that snapped off, right? Yeah. Because the, the most of the wing was fine. It was the flap that broke. Half yeah. the flap. Half the flap broke, so only half the DRS was opening. Very, very dangerous situation to be in. Also means he had 50% DRS for three laps, the whole lap. Exactly. Because it was a big gaping hole. That also, commendable effort for him to keep that on the track because that would play havoc with the rear stability of the car having half half a wing. Yeah, exactly. One part of it's creating drag. The other part is creating shit all drag. Yep. That's creating torsion on the back end of the car. So commendable for him to keep it on the road one. Absolute brilliant move by the mechanics going, i got a crazy idea, boys. Let's just tape this bad boy up. <laughs> and uh, let's commend the FIA. They didn't disqualify him. No, they... Tried to. They tried to, but they did. They let him go, and we got a good laugh out of it. I think, and maybe that's what's good about the FIA this year is they went, 
All right, that's fair play. <laughs> they were like, all right, well, play I mean, on. provided he didn't open the DRS, it was fine. And really, he didn't do it. He didn't need to. He wasn't. He wasn't really fighting at that point. He was just trying to get to the finish and classify. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say Sonoda. He's another driver that I think we will see move on in the next year or two. You don't think he'll survive? I don't think for him it's more of a survival thing. He's not doing anything that would justify or like create ridicule. No. But again, with Red Bull having so many good junior drivers in their program and AlphaTauri still being a Red Bull team. It's gonna yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see someone like Yuri Vips or Dennis Hauger or someone else jump up into that spot in the next year or two just because they're like, look, man, we're not getting rid of you because you're terrible, but we think there are better options who we need to give an opportunity to. And in that respect, it might not be the end of his Formula 1 career because a Haas or a a Williams potentially or just one of those lower teams could just pick him up on the cheap, you know what I mean? Possibly, possibly. In regards to Yuki, though, it's become a bit of a meme in regards to his behavior around the paddock, but he's also not as dedicated to the sport as some of the other drivers are. You've got Seb, who pretty much cleans the car and factory in the pit box himself, and he's renowned for it. You've got Danny, who's loved by everybody. You've got Lewis, who just loves a lot of the people on his team. Yuki, apparently, I say apparently, is constantly late. So he's never there on time. There was that whole part of Drive to Survive where they were like, okay, so what training are you doing? And he was like, what do you mean training? I'm in F1. And they're like, every other driver trains. Yeah, true. Constantly. So it's not that I'm saying he's personally undedicated. I just don't think he's bringing the level of dedication that some of the juniors will bring that they'll go, you know what I mean? Like he's not putting enough in his bank that he should be Yeah, because he's not performing well enough to not be putting anything in his bank for the future. No, I agree. I agree. Like Pierre... We'll leave if there is a better opportunity. But I also don't think AlphaTauri wants him to go anywhere. Red Bull couldn't care less. They've already said that, look, he's not stepping up. And why would he? But AlphaTauri as its own independent management structure, which it does have, it's Mm -hmm. only ties to Red Bull now, is pretty much the junior academy in the engine. Yep. AlphaTauri does not want Pierre to go anywhere. And he won't go unless he's getting a better offer at this point. Unless there's a seat he can move into that he knows is better than this AlphaTauri seat. Yep. He's not going anywhere. No, and I don't I don't think he will. I think Pierre will just stay where he is for better or worse. And well, I, I think I think he stays there till Lewis retires and then he moves into the Merck seat. I think that's at this point it's it's probably the best option for him. Look, it is, but I don't think that's taking into account enough of what Mercedes also has in the wings. Well, who does Mercedes have in the wings? So, Ocon. Yeah, pass. Next. Over Pierre, though. They're pretty equivalent on paper. No, I'd have Pierre over Ocon. I I would, too. But don't forget, Toto's I understand that. I understand that. I'm just saying, like, yeah, I'd have Pierre over Ocon. Yep. Junior drivers that they do have. They wouldn't put a junior driver straight into that Merck seat. No, they wouldn't. But you've got... Albon, who's clearly doing pretty good stuff in Williams. Yeah, but he's still tied to Red Bull. Oh, that's a good point. He is, isn't he? He's still got Red yep. Bull on his helmet. You know what? It, it's the most logical. But the logical one is Pierre because Pierre can give you results. Yeah. Ocon's My gut's telling me, though, in two or three years when that's an option, there will be more options that they'll probably go with. 
I'm yet to see one. Yeah, it's also a very fair I'm, I'm seriously yet to see a Mercedes driver who could move into that seat. Right, like, devil's advocate, what if Hamilton at the end of this season says, nah, I'm done? Done, or he's like, you know what? My back's literally busted. I can't continue. It's not good yep. for me. He's out. Who who does Toto go with? Does he go with Ocon, who's still tied to Alpine? No, he goes with Pierre because Pierre's available. I mean, to be fair, I think he will just try and clone George. <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad option either. <laughs> Two of them would be insufferable on the paddock, though. No, oh, fuck that. I hope that Gasly gets a string of top 10 finishes in the next couple of races. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing he's qualifying, getting stuffed up by either his teammate or Stroll. Yep, me too. He's a good qualifier, and that AlphaTauri is, should be middle more middle pack than it has been and yeah. i think a lot of the a lot of the reasons it haven't been is because yuki's been not or right. yuki hasn't been affected in qualifying where pierre has and that's the big limiter yeah like we saw what he did at monaco lap two he was like oh, well i need to overtake so i'm just going to see if i can overtake turns out he could and he did it brilliantly yeah first person to put inters on as well so like pierre is pierre is fantastic and that's why i think Pierre should go to Mercedes. And Pierre, do you know what I respect about Pierre? He, he likes, likes everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is liked by Pierre. Imagine. Oh, mate, I'd make my day if, if he liked this. Pierre, if you ever listen to this and you hear us, please just give us a like. That'll make our day. And we so, we're sorry you're turning. We so, we're sorry we said you're turning Max gay via Yoss. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we talk about the big boy Red Bulls then? They had a fantastic weekend. So it was one, two. Verstappen and Perez. Yep. Perez, fastest lap. Which I think, with how they're sitting in the championship, constructors-wise, I think that's a nice thing to give to the driver who's sitting in second. Is like, we'll just snag that extra point, man. You can have it. Yeah. Max doesn't need it. Doesn't need it. Um, And even if it gets to the point, if it turns out that he does need it, I don't think you'll care. No, he doesn't. He's not like Lewis where he needs every fucking point. Lewis was right, though. He was. <laughs> he was absolutely right about that. No, he wasn't because he ended up not needing it because Max won by like six points. Yeah, true. Because, you but know. But they went in equal, didn't they? Yeah, but it, being one point ahead is not going to stop. The story. I guess the story, but. Listen, Steven Spielberg. That's like the nicest thing you've ever called me. That's not. It's <laughs> not even an insult. You could you should have called me. I, don't I even, couldn't even think of another shit director. I couldn't think of a bad shit director. directors. Michael Massey was a bad director. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not too much to say about Red Bull. They came out at the start of the year. Their cards broke, and Christian went, "Yeah, we're going to fix that." And they have. And they have. And now they're dominating. Carlo, uh, not Carlos, Checo since Barcelona has been on a rampage. He is ripping and tearing through every single session like a madman. He's been faster than Max in every session like a madman, basically. Yeah, and I honestly think that's just due to a setup. Me too. I don't. I, overall, Max is quicker on pace, but Checo's just having a better setup, which is allowing him to be quick around the track on, on a one lap. lap. Yeah. Yep. Max is, I'd say, driving flawless. Max is driving to the calibre of Lewis we saw in his domination. Yeah, you're correct. Max is perfect. Yeah, he is. He's we never said he wasn't. I know. He's done nothing wrong. He Best world champion we've ever had. Yeah, he's in the top two. What do you mean? Well, Danny Rick's the other one. 
Danerick never won a world championship. Yet. <laughs> Fair enough. But they that that's it with Red Bull, hey? It's like that, no, there's not really much to say. They won. They came one two. Now when when Charles's car blew up, was Charles out in front? Yes. But he was out in front by a lot, but that was pit strategy at that point, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Because he pitted under the VS the first VSC. Yeah. So Max had to come in. Both Max and Checo had to come in, but Max and Checo probably would have caught up to him. I'd say so. It would have been a lot closer than it looked when he was out in front. Yes. Due to all the pitch strategies that were occurring at that time, it wasn't the same as Barcelona where Charles was literally on merit 30 seconds in front before his car blew up. Exactly. He was probably, honestly, he was, what, 14 seconds in front? So yeah, he was actually 20, 20 probably even. 20, so he would have either been just in front or in front by three or four seconds after Red Bull. Oh, you meant in this race. In this one. Oh, in this race, I think it was like 12, 13 seconds, yeah. So he was in second anyway when you put a pit stop in for him. But he, he'd already pitted. He was trying to go to the end, and he probably wouldn't have made it to the end, to be honest. No, it was kind of interesting. It's hard to talk about pit strategy without Reese, who's such a nerd for that, and he knows what, when everybody stopped and why they did it. Well, I can tell you now that... So I'm just going to make things up. <laughs> no, well, here's what happened. Lap 9, the VSC comes out for Carlos being dumb and having his car blow up. Yeah. But basically what happened was is Lap 9, the VSC comes out. Everyone from Russell down who was on the mediums. The only two that didn't were the fucking Red Bulls. And they were on the hearts. No, they were on the mediums. They were on the mediums. They started on the mediums. That's true. And yeah, like, and eventually pit strategy caught up to them. They both pitted under green conditions. They both fell behind Charles, but both had better tyres than Charles, so eventually they would have caught up. I think so. I, I don't doubt that. I think they were in clear. They were, if they're in clean air, they're getting closer to Charles every lap. And really, I think the Red Bulls, yeah, it was this weekend for them. Yeah. Charles has always been the best qualifier since he's been in F1. Well, he... This year he's qualified first, second, first, second, first, 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 first. Yep. Like you know what I mean? Like he's one of the best qualifiers we'll ever say. I think so. He's just great. While we're talking about Charles, let's just let's just talk about Ferrari. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Just that, 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 this one just slipped away from him and they I was looking at this graph today and it's talking about reliability in Formula One and you've got like a a bathtub curb. Yep, so reverse bell curve. Reverse bell curve. Bathtub one more because there was a lot of a plateau down the bottom. But basically what they were saying is Red Bull was at this end. They had uh, infancy reliability issues. Yep. They have fixed that, so now they're on the up. Yep. However, poor Ferrari, they have longevity reliability issues. So the longer they use an engine, the the more likely it's going to break. And th- those issues seem to be coming to their head a hell of a lot more because we've seen... Charles's engine's unrecoverable from this weekend. So that's another one. That's his second full engine that's gone in the first so seven, eight races? First eight races. And now... Most people are on their second because you get about six races an engine. Yeah, basically. And basically what it comes down to is everyone has to take a penalty at some point in the year. Yeah, everybody cracks a fourth engine. Exactly. But now I'm pretty sure Charles is going to have to crack a fifth engine. I'd say so. Uh, Charles is on his... I think he's gonna get a. I don't think he's gonna get a penalty for this, but he's sec- this is his gearbox done. Carlos, yes, Carlos's gearbox is done. That that sucked watching uh, Carlos go again. But I think because of the, I the, just wish a marshal came out and poured gravel around his car after he went off. That would have been the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he's drawn to the gravel traps, that man. Yep. He. It sounded horrific too. So it flashed up instantly. Break by wire failure. Yep. And. 
the braking by wire system, ask Haas, is one of the most complicated things to get working yep. in a Formula One car. It's essentially in, and it's in a good portion of cars these days, but in F1, everything is infinitely more complicated and expensive and weightless. But when you put your foot on the brake pedal in an old vehicle, you're manually compressing the brake discs through a hydraulic system onto it. So it is equal pressure versus the brake disc ratio. Brake by wire is a mapped system. So similar to the throttle, depending on where you are and what setting you're in, when you put your foot on the pedal, an electronic system will modulate how much power is going out. Brake by wire is similar. When you depress the brake pedal, depending on your engine mapping, it will electronically apply your brakes depending on what settings you're on, where you are in the lap to give you the best possible braking. Yep. Unfortunately, normative determinism, because it's called braking, that's what it does. It brakes all the time. We saw Seb have an issue in quality or practice with it. Yep. Before he clipped the wall. His brakes went, which essentially means you lose your brakes. Yeah. Once the electronics in your brakes are gone... It doesn't revert to a manual system. No, it's there is no, no manual brakes. system. No brakes. I think he was very lucky that his gearbox then decided to eat itself because that instantly slowed the vehicle. Yep. But it's another gearbox gone for Ferrari. It's another weekend where Ferrari's biggest limiting factor has been the factory. Yep. Not the drivers because both drivers were on for either a Red Bull one two or a Ferrari in the middle and a and a Ferrari fourth. That's yep. the most likely position they were finishing in this weekend. Yeah, if you, before before Carlos went out, Carlos was clearly not probably not going to catch Checo. He was clearly fourth. Yep, he was just going to cruise around in fourth. That was that get, was going to be. His, it was going to have a cruisy Sunday, and then his gearbox decided to eat itself, and the brakes turned off. Yeah, so you know it's unlucky for Carlos, but I mean, there's nothing he could have done. No, there's nothing at all. Nothing. There's at no all. fault we're attributing to. Any of the Ferrari drivers this weekend? No. Because as usual, they were both near on perfect. Yep. Especially with all the struggles Carlos is having with that car, he's not comfortable in it and he's consistently in the top four. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty hard not to be in the top four with that car. Is it? They're both... (laughs) (laughs) When they're running, it's quite safe to say that they're going to be in the top four. They make it look easy sometimes. And yeah, Charles again. I also think... Don't know if I like this, that the second something horrific like this happens, you go back to your trailer and there's 50 journalists out there waiting for a comment. It shouldn't be allowed. During the race, just let if they retire, just let them go cool until associated press time. Yeah, I, I think that's a good thing because it's, it's not fun hearing how defeated Charles felt. And also, it's not easy being a young man fighting for something as prestigious as this having your car break, like, what do you expect him to say? He's either going to say the right thing, which is the political thing of going, we've got things to work on and this sucks and you can hear the pain in his voice, which is what we're getting, or he's going to say something immature and stupid because he's a young man who's popped up on testosterone who's just had another major incident that wasn't his own fault. It's what used to get Max in trouble all the time. He says, how do you feel about this? (laughs) And he'd get the microphone and he'll go... Welcome to WWE. My name's Max Verstappen. And he'd do a trash talk and he'd always get in trouble. He'd cut a promo on yeah. everyone. Yeah. And I don't I don't think it's fair to be hounding these drivers. We know what they're feeling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. Sad. It's and just sad for, to see Charles like that. Sorry. 
yeah, we want this sport to be a competition that's decided on the track. Yeah, and also I said Charles is going to win the world championship. He can't win it when the car keeps breaking. No, and I think Ferrari will fix it. Their strategy was pretty much bang on this weekend. Well, they basically said that they're stopping. They were going to bring an ERS update recently, and that's been now been postponed. They were just focusing solely on reliability at the moment, getting those cars to actually finish a race. Yeah, and this week it was um, I'm a temperature thing. It was very very hot. It was a very hot day. I was shocked the Red Bulls finished. To be honest, it's because the traditional thing with the Red Bulls has been they'd say yeah we're going to fix it and then they don't. But they, whatever they implemented has worked. Ferrari just needs to find out what it is and, and get that involved in the car as soon as possible. And the other the other takeaway from this is it's affecting their customer teams as well. Their poor reliability because we've also seen Guan Yu Zhou and KMAG go out with engine issues. With their customer teams getting busted up from this engine issue, the nerves you would be going through as either... Alfa Romeo or Haas, uh, what are they called, team principals, would be horrific. Oh, it'd be stressing because all of a sudden you're like, do I have to spend more of my budget cap on bringing in more and, and more engines? More and more engines. I'll tell you what, it's great for Ferrari's bottom line, isn't it? It really is. But <laughs> it's like, it's like, wow. except, except it's mainly the Ferraris that are breaking. Let's talk about Alfa Romeo because they were also severely affected by this. Joe Guan Yu. Once again, his car fell apart. I think I summed it up perfectly in that tweet last night where a guy kicked a car and the car just fell apart and it kept oh. breaking and breaking and breaking. Yeah, it. I really feel for him too because as much as we like to rag on paid drivers, the reason we're so critical of Latifi and Stroll is they have had ample opportunity to prove themselves and consistently haven't. Joe really hasn't. Joe had hasn't had a single chance to prove himself reliably at all this year. Well, this is his third DNF in four races. Yep. Like, you can't build a career on constantly having your car break. Like, And he hasn't we, crashed it. No, nah, he hasn't crashed it like Latifi and Stroll. But at the same time, like, his attitude on the radio. Oh, I felt it was completely justified after yesterday. I, I, I understand where the frustration comes from, but, like, it's a safety thing as well. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to be understanding. It's like, yeah, all right, then fuck. Instead of just, what, again? And then nothing. Yeah. Like, I, you can't blame the team for the car having an issue. They, they're trying to get you in safely. They don't want you to run around in a damaged car. You know what I mean? So it was more of an in-the-moment thing. Yeah, and I just I don't like that. And even in his post-race interview, he, he sounded frustrated and annoyed at the team. When it, like, it's partly the team's fault, but also it's the... The hardware's fault. Like, the hardware broke on him. You can't help that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you're right. I know I am. I always am. <laughs> but I also don't begrudge him a single bit of looking at Valtteri, who's had relatively flawless reliability, and then every week it seems to be him. Well, maybe there's an issue with the way he's driving the car, which is causing it to break. Has anyone ever thought of that? It's a good point. How, how come Valtteri's driving the same car with the same equipment and it's getting to the end, whereas he's driving it his way and it's not? And it could be something, because we know it was a hot weekend, it could be something about his throttle application and how he's interacting in the corners Yep, that is just pushing it at a few degrees hotter that's causing it to break. 
But I still understand his frustration. It's your rookie year. You're trying to prove that you're a talented driver. And at this point, those opportunities have been taken away from you. Yeah. I hope he gets better. Valerie Bottas, he came out in the news and said he was shocked that they weren't quicker than he thought they were going to be. So he was like, we were a bit slower than I thought we were going to be. I think it comes down to that straight sector three. He wasn't quick on the straights. Yeah, and that's that's where I think his shock was delivered from being like, we've got a Ferrari engine. Our car's pretty damn quick. It was quick at Monaco. Just like, but he got affected in qualifying there. But also the Alfa Romeos have issues at high-speed stability. It's true. Like, you can't expect to come to a track where sector three is just a straight and you're a full throttle and you have high-speed reliability. Stability issues and think, yeah, I'm still going to be quicker. No, you're not going to be quicker. You're going to be struggling on the straights when you need to be, instead of going, you know, wobbling all over the place trying to keep the car on the road, you need to be going in a straight line because that's the quickest way to get to the finish. It's a good point. I wouldn't say it was a failure for Bodass at all. He came in no. 11th. I think he was just hunting points more than anything else. But and that's the attitude you want from your, your lead drivers to be like, look, we were slower than we thought we were going to be, but I put it in 11th and I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. And I think this weekend at Canada, he'll get in the points again. Like, Canada will suit them quite well. It will suit them. They've got the slow speed. They do have a few high speed areas, but it's not as big as like Azerbaijan, which is two point two kilometer fucking. It's one of the best straights in racing. <laughs> it really is. Like that and Conrad, best straights. Yep. Shall we move on to Haas? There's another disappointment that this car is quick. It just it doesn't work often. Yeah, they are truly the junior Ferrari team. They really are. Like it's a very promising car. Doesn't work all the time. No. And poor K-Mag, like, he, he probably was on for points this race. I'd say so. He was on an absolute belter. He, Every was, having, he was doing really well in the race. And, yeah, like, the car and Qualifying was affected by Fernando. Of course. And Stroll. But he was in 10th, like, the majority of the race. Yeah. Until his car decided to be like, oh, I don't want to work anymore. Yeah. It, it sucked for him. Mick, I think... I think we were right about Mick driving to a Delta, too. Yeah, well, he came in, what, 14th. 14th. We can attribute four of those places to the retirement, five of those places to the retirement. So I think Latifi and Mick would have been the last two on the track. Yeah, and it's not, it's not a super big dig to have at Mick, but that performance gap between F2 and F1 is huge. Yeah. It's one of the biggest in junior to premier league sport. Like, you look at most footies, the junior leagues are pretty damn close. Yeah. Basketball, G League, and college is just as good as NBA. The the difference isn't as massive. And it's the same as in NFL as well. Like the NFL from college to NFL, it's just as big going in, like the jumps between those it's minimal as well. Yeah. And we're not saying that there isn't a performance gap, but in from F two to F one you're talking nearly seven hundred horsepower. Yep. Plus all the aero. Every car is unique and different. Teams work differently. It is an unfair sport in its premise. Yeah. Mick's not a bad kid. Mick's not a bad, like a terrible driver. He deserves to be there more than two others. Absolutely. But he's still not really earning a spot. No. Either. And that was the tale of this weekend for Mick. He didn't crash, which I believe he's under very strict instructions to not damage the car anymore. Yeah, he's been banned from crashing the car, I believe, is what Gunter said. Yeah. 
which is completely fair. Like they're they're, they're basically their crash budget's done. Yeah. For the year, they yep. can't afford another crash. No, and all the crashes have been Mick. Yeah, unfortunately, for two years now. Well, Nikita had a bunch as well, but you know, K Mag's pretty much flawless in that vehicle. It's only when the vehicle gives out that K Mag's in the pits. Yep. So I just. I don't think it will be an unhappy ending, but it's just going to be one of those moments, maybe the end of this year, definitely the end of next year, where it's just like, righto, mate, thank you very much. But All the time, best. Time to move on. All the best. Enjoy WEC. Yeah, DTM. Go win DTM 10 times in a row. Exactly. Like I, I just think it's really hard for Mick because of the name. Yeah, and that's also why like, I'm, I'm glad the fact that we've all just started naturally referring to him as Mick instead of like Shumi or something like that because I'm judging him on only what he's doing. Yeah. And I, it's not it's not great. And like, yeah, your dad was one of the best too, but... It's not transferable. Yeah, it's not transferable. And if Michael was around today and you put him in one of these new cars... He has no idea what these cars drive like compared to what he was driving. It's like when he came back, he struggled a bunch because the cars were very, very different. No, I agree. And, like, I don't know. I just, I think Mick, the sun is setting on Mick's Formula 1 career, unfortunately. I don't. Yeah, and not in a bad way. it's, It's more, unless something clicks in the next three months. It's never going to click. He does this weird thing, though, every year where the first half of the year we all go, oh, it's not looking too good. And then he comes back from the mid-season break and absolutely nails it. He did. That's how he won his F2 World Championship. I know, but that was his second year in F2, wasn't it? Yep. Most people do too. Yep. To win. Yep. Um, and that's the thing, too. Like, if he comes out after the mid-season break and does what he did last year and he starts putting together really good performances and really lifting that car, he'll get another year. My only worry is the financial aspect of Haas as an organization can't rely on the second half of the year being good when the first half of the year is absolutely atrocious mm-hmm. for the money they're spending to keep him in. No, I agree. And it, it's going to become a cost-benefit situation. Unless he can bring in some massive sponsorship, I can't see Haas taking a gamble on more than three years. It, it's the same with Latifi. It's the same with any driver. If you're... Just coming into the sport, you you probably got three years, maybe two. Yeah, and if you're in Red Bull, you get six months. <laughs> Let's move on to the Alpines. Okay. We've got, what, Ocon came 10th, so you snagged a point again. It was very slow, the whole race, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah there was no pace in that car. He, even admitted, he admitted it in the post-race interview. He was like, there's no pace. There's not much... I can do from a driving perspective when I'm just, you know, looking in my mirrors the whole time rather than looking to attack the car in front. I get that. Same time, there's Fernando. It's the same car, same machine. Bit further ahead of you, and he is making passes, and he is attacking rather than looking in mirrors. Well, that's also the thing, too, is Fernando doesn't care what's in his mirrors. He doesn't. (laughs) He knows it's staying behind him. I don't think he knows he's a train driver because he's not looking. He does. He doesn't care. He's like, what? I don't know what's behind me. You know what? You know what? Let's let's sidetrack for a moment. I was reminded of Alonso on the road this week when I was driving my car because I got stuck behind a whole fucking granny doing 40 in a 60 zone. Love it. And we had 10 cars 
trained up behind me and I looked behind me and seen the cars and went, oh, I'm in a Fernando Alonso train. Yeah. Genuinely, man. Like, and then I honked my horn as loud as I possibly could until she pulled off. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you got pulled off by a grandma in a 40 zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's staying in. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Alonzo, I mean, he's always just been a freak. Yes. He's on that level of Lewis and Michael and Max of just this absolute freak in the vehicle. He can do I things agree. that no one else can. Ocon traditionally has not been good. Currently at this point, he's adequate. He is adequate. He, he's got more points in the championship than Alonso, but I think that's due to the fact that he doesn't drive it as hard as Fernando, so the car survives to the end. Yes. Yeah. And that's it. Like, he's consistently... He's consistently in the bottom half of the top ten. Yeah. That, that's the one way to look at it. And he's doing fine. He's doing very fine. But I think he's fine for Alpine, but he will never... I don't think he could ever transition into that Merck seat. No, and I also don't... I mean, I think he'll be... I think that they will consider it. I don't realistically think we'll see it. I think we'll see Valtteri in that seat before we see Ocon in that seat. I mean, you'd have to handcuff Valtteri back to that steering wheel. You really would. Alonso will stay in this sport until Alonso wants to go do something else, and he doesn't want to do anything else at the moment. I mean, the only... He's more popular now than he's ever been. Yeah, everyone loves him. Him instead of the grandpas that everyone loves. Yeah, and they're both very funny grandpas. They are very funny. And that's really it. Yeah, uh, there's not really much more to say about the race. It wasn't wasn't exciting as most Baku races are. No, it wasn't. But I think that's also due to the fact that it's easier to pass in these cars so you're not having to do these absolutely outrageous, dangerous passes on these really tight corners which yep. inevitably causes people to hit the wall. Like the reason why Baku's normally so exciting is because people smash, safety car comes out, the field closes up and we get another start again. That's really where a lot of the excitement comes from. Yeah, the more restarts the better. Yeah. The racing though was absolutely fine. Plenty of passes, good pitch strategy, hmm. brilliant weather. And it was clean off the line too. Yeah, it really was. The only real issue we had was Leclerc locked up a little bit going into turn one, but that really rectified itself pretty quickly. It did. It really did. It was it was not the Baku we're used to, but I can get used to this kind of Baku race. Yeah, I could. I just don't want it to turn into Monaco. That's all I don't. I don't think it will, man. There's heat, There's too much space and too much speed available. Yeah. Like that straight is four or five lanes wide. And you always get passes on that straight. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet and ass. that's where we saw most most of the passing anyway was coming into turn one yep. or two. Or down to three. Yeah, in that first sector, which is what we said. Yeah, we said it would be, be turn one or turn three where most of the passing will happen yep. or on the straight. And then castle section, you hold your line, which you most of them to. did. And then you just really hope you get a good run in sector three to set you up for a good sector one Yep, to hold position in sector two. And you do that 51 times. Yep. Well, that's basically the back of Jerome Perry. I, I had a good time watching it. I had a lot of fun shit posting on Twitter. Yeah. we Turns out we're not really good at journalism. We but are we are very, very good, good at, at shit stirring. stirring people up. Right, Andy. I think you should probably run us through our tipping comp. All right. So I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to go fourth to first. Fourth and we, to first. We, right, we we'll had start at the back. We're going to start with... Dave, who actually got the most in his top four. But, but wrong order. But wrong order. 
All right, what Davey have? Top he five. He had Leclerc in first. Well, wrong. He had Verstappen in second. That's one point. Perez in third. That's another point. Russell in fourth and Hamilton in fifth. That's a total of four points. That's not bad. I tell you what, if he got the order right, he would have stomped us. Oh, he would have flogged us if he'd, uh, you know, bit the bullet and put Max first. <laughs> <laughs> um, next was you, Jack. Uh, third. You had Verstappen in first, so that's six points. Yes. You had Leclerc in second, so that's, that's no, no points. Point. Uh, Perez in third, that's another point, so seven. You had Sainz in fourth. Uh, no points. But Russell in fifth, so you, you come away with eight points. I can't believe I got eight points and I came third. I know. Anyway, tied for first this week. Oh, okay. So I technically came second. Technically, you came second, but I like doing it this way because it makes you seem shitter. <laughs> tied for first were both me and Reese. Did you guys pick the same thing or did you pick different things and ended up with the same totals? I'm pretty sure we picked different things and I'm just checking. Yeah. So technically, we picked the same, but we just had. Fourth and fifth, the wrong way, the other way around. Okay, what did you go for? So we had, we both had Verstappen in first. So you had six. the Red Bull one twos, didn't you? We had Red Bull one two, so that's ten points each. Oh wow, okay. And then we had Leclerc in third, which was no points. So then he had Russell fourth, while I had Science fourth. So it's one point for him, no points for me. However, he had Science fifth, and I had Russell fifth, so we got eleven points total each. So what's that bring us to the grand total? What's the the sorry the, the the grand? Oh, I have total. a feeling I've been pipped this weekend. Not no, you haven't. Not yet. I'd be close. You are close. So I am now running away world champion. I'm on sixty six points. I only want three points next week. Let's put it. Let's put it. This <laughs> way. I only want three points for Canada. <laughs> so so you're gonna go, Max Leclerc Checo, and have no other tips. <laughs> No, because that's going to push me over. I need them in the wrong order. Right. I need to pick three in the wrong order. That's actually very hard to do. That is even harder to do. So you're out in front? I'm out in front on 66. Next is you on 44. I have a feeling... No. Sorry. You're on 46. Okay. I have a feeling Reese is in the 40s now, though. Yeah, Reese is on 44. Oh, damn. I don't like that. And Dave is on 22. I like that heaps more. I like that heaps more. <laughs> I like that heaps more. But I'm clearly running away with this championship at this point. The battle for second and third. It's a classic F1 championship is what it, it is. It really is. <laughs> it's a classic F1 championship. Now, I don't, now I've just said that I'm running away with it, but I want to... I hope I, you get reliability issues soon. I have an, I had an idea. I want us to have a winner's something, something for the winner, and the loser has to give a forfeit and do something really fucked. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't know whether we want to come up with something or we want to put it to the audience, but I think we need something that last place has to do. And if it's Dave, it definitely has to involve Max Verstappen gear. Like, he has to buy us all Max hats or something. It's like 700 bucks. <laughs> no, they're only like 38 quid a cap. I just... Look, we're Australian, so I think the winning place should be a really, really nice tasting shoey, and the last place should be a really, really foul tasting shoey. Like, boy, that's a good idea. Beer too. and soy sauce, if you come oh. last. <laughs> anyway, if beer, you're, if soy you're, sauce, and spit. If you're in a grants, we've got majority, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. So yeah, because we're the host, we get a high vote. Yeah. Well, we'll let the last we'll let the person last pick their poison. Quite literally. <laughs> no, no, no. I think last place needs to. It needs to be something. 
Oh, it's going to be foul. It has to be foul, and it can't be their their choice. I think the winner, it should be something nice. Yeah. But the loser has to get something fucked. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay, so Dave's really going to need to pick up his act and not forget to tip. If you come last, you have to wear, in every public appearance we do, uh, I support Nikita Mazepin shirt. Uh, or uh, I suck big dick Danny Rick's dick. dick. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> Actually, I've built my whole podcast off the fact that I suck big dick Danny Rick's dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up, hey? Because we've been gone for nearly two hours now. I've got a fucking long day tomorrow to edit this. Yeah, make sure you get a couple pieces out, definitely. <laughs> We're yeah. going to get killed. All right, thank you very much for listening, guys. I know it wasn't the full cast tonight, but I'd like to think that we've given you plenty of stuff to listen to. If you haven't already... Reach out to us on social media at Formula Bums on everything except for Twitter, which is at Bums Formula. I think our entry has closed for our tipping comp now. Yeah, I don't know how many people actually submitted. I need to go check that tonight. We'll have a look. That will start after the mid-season break. Definitely. Yeah, so what I'm going to do is if you've got the link already, I'll update it so that you can keep adding and submitting for the races coming up to the mid-season break. Yep. However, after the mid-season break, I'm going to open up the WordPress that I've designed, which has the form on it, so anyone can enter from that point on. Yeah, sounds perfect. And please, if you haven't, leave us a rating or a review. That's the best way to help us out. Yes. Without a doubt. And apart from that, thank you very much, guys, and we'll see you later this week on Thursday. Yeah, I I cut myself off because I always get that part wrong. Yeah, so we'll release our preview Thursday around lunchtime Australian time. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right, thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. G'day and welcome to Formula Bums. This week, or tonight, I should say tonight, I fucked it already. Classic. I always say this week and we do like two episodes a week. You should just say today. Today. Because it's coming out at midday tomorrow. Yeah, I'll say today. I told you I should. Oh, I'll do it. It. Hold on. <laughs> this one can be another for that days. I don't know if I told you, but did I tell you? I shit myself a little bit watching the Australian GP. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, you seen Max go out, you're like, no! No, this, was, bit of poo. this was before it started. I, um, he got hammered. It was me, Slade, and I can't even remember who else was on the couch with us. But I told him to pull my finger. He went to fluff. So, he pulled my finger, I let off a roof of fart, and then I just stood up. I was like, I'm just going to go put on some shorts for this race, because I do a little bit of poop as well. <laughs>